Section twenty nine of the Fairchild Family. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruhi Huck. The Fairchild Family by Mary Martha Sherwood. The Story in Emily's Book, Part 2b There now, cried Henry, as Emily was turning over a leaf, Papa was right. He told me who could betray the secret. We all guessed, said Lucy, but Emily, do go on. The gypsy or zingara, as they call such people in Switzerland and Germany, for such she was, had heard every word which had passed between madame camp and meeta and as the coast was quite clear she put the remains of her broken victuals into her bag and skulked away like a thief as she was and nobody thought of her nor saw her go three or four days passed quietly after the evening in which meeta and ella went to the village but on the fourth morning a message came from madame eversil to monique to tell her that she had just heard of a party of persons of great consequence who were coming from a distance to dine at her house she went to beg her to come down immediately to help in getting the dinner and if she had no objection to bring ella with her to wait on the ladies at table martin stolberg had gone off early that morning to market at the nearest town three leagues off jacques had gone up on higher pastures with the flocks and when monique and ella went down to the pastures only meeta and margaret were left at the cottage ella dressed herself in her sunday clothes and carried the basket which her grandmother had packed down the hill monique had filled the basket with everything she thought might be useful a bottle of cream new-laid eggs and fresh flowers she bade margaret and meeta be good girls and keep close at home when she parted from them with a kiss to each and the next minute she and ella were going down the hill i know what is coming next cried henry as emily turned over a leaf but do make haste emily nothing could be more still and quiet than the cottage and all about it seemed to be when meeta and margaret were left in it for nothing was heard when the children were not talking talk but the rushing of the waterfall the humming of the bees and the bleating of the distant flocks and now and then the barking of a sheep-dog every cottager on those hills keeps a dog wolf was the name of martin stolberg's dog wolf was of the true shepherd's breed and a most careful watch he kept both day and night but he had gone that morning with jacques to the alps above the waterfall monique had told the two girls that they might have peas for dinner so it was their first business to gather these peas and bring them into the house margaret then sat down to shell them but she did not sit within the house because of the litter she always made when she shelled peas so she sat on a little plot of grass under a tall tree on one side of the straight path which led from the garden gate to the house door meeta remained within being busy in setting the kitchen in order before she sat down to her sewing and thus they were both engaged 
when margaret saw two people come up to the wicket margaret was very shy as children are who do not see many strangers and without waiting to look again at these persons she jumped up and hid herself behind the large trunk of a tree peeping at the people who were walking on to the house the first was a very tall large woman she wore a petticoat all patched with various colours which hardly came down to her ankles she had long black and grey hair which hung loose over her shoulders a man's hat and a cloak thrown back from the front and hanging in jags and tatters behind she came up to the path with long steps like a man's and was followed by a young man perhaps her son who seemed by his ragged dirty dress to be fit to bear her company meeta did not see these people till the large form of the woman darkened the gateway she was placing some cups on the shelf and had her back to the door when she turned she not only saw the woman but the man peeping over her shoulder and though she was frightened she tried not to appear to be so mistress said the woman in a loud harsh voice i am dying with thirst can you give me anything to drink and as she said so she walked in and sat herself on the first seat she could find the man came in after her and began looking curiously about him i have nothing but water or milk to offer you answered meeta whose face was become as white as the cloth she held in her hand it does not matter said the woman we have other business here besides satisfying our thirst it was you was it not that told the hostess of the inn below that your uncle found a purse of gold and put it by the purse is ours we lost it near this place we are come to claim it yes said the man advancing a step or two towards meeta it is ours and we must have it my uncle answered the trembling girl is not at home i cannot give you the purse you can't replied the man we will see to that young mistress we knew your uncle was out when we came here else we had not come but we heard you say that you could tell as well as he could where he put the purse if you do not do it willingly we will make you meeta began to declare and profess most solemnly that she did not know where the keys were kept indeed she believed that her grandmother had taken them away in her pocket the fierce man used such language as meeta had never heard before and the woman laying her heavy hand on her shoulder gave her a terrible shake tell us said she where is the chest into which the purse was put or i will throw you on the ground and trample you under my feet meeta in her excessive terror uttered two or three fearful shrieks and would no doubt have gone on shrieking if the horrible people had not threatened to silence her voice for ever little margaret from behind her tree heard these cries and it is marvellous how the wits of a little child are sometimes sharpened in cases of great trial she thought and thought truly that she could do meeta no good by running to her but that she might help her by flying as fast as her young feet could carry her to the village it was downhill all the way and it was all straight running if she could get unseen into the path on the other side of the hedge so she threw herself on her hands and feet and crept on all fours to where the hedge was thinnest 
and neither minding tears nor scratches the hardy child came tumbling out on the path on the side of the village jumping up on her feet no little lap wing could have flown the path more swiftly than she did well done margaret cried henry but emily did not stop to answer him jacques at that very time in which margaret had begun to run down the hill was watching his flock on the side of a green and not very steep peak scarcely a quarter of a mile as a bird would fly from the cottage though to drive his flock up to it he had perhaps the greater part of a mile to go on the top of this peak were a few dark pines which might be seen for miles jacques was seated quietly beneath the shade of one of these trees his sheep were feeding about him his dog apparently sleeping at his feet and his eyes being occupied at one moment in taking a careful glance at his flocks and again fixed on a small old book which he held in his hand nothing could have been more quiet than was the mountain in that hour nearly the hottest of the day and how little did jacques stolberg imagine what was then going forward so near to him wolf had been supposed by his master to be asleep some minutes when suddenly the creature uttered a short sleepy bark and then raising his head and pricking his ears he remained a minute in the attitude of deep attention and anxious listening what is it wolf said jacques what is it boy the dog threw his ears forward every hair in his rough coat began to bristle itself he sprang upon his four feet he stood a moment what does he see cried jacques getting up also and grasping his crooked staff eh wolf what is it the dog heeded not his master's voice he had heard some sound as he lay with his ear to the ground he had made out the quarter from which it came whilst he stood listening at jacques's feet he had judged that there was no time for delay and the next moment he was bounding down the slope straight as an arrow in its course there jacques saw him bounding and leaping over all impediments reaching the bottom of a ravine or dry watercourse at the foot of a small hill and again running with unabated speed up the opposite bank jacques thought he was going directly towards the cottage for the young shepherd could see him all the way but as if on second thoughts the faithful creature left the cottage when near to it on the right and passing over the brow of the hill was soon out of sight in the direction of the village jacques knew not what to think but he had little doubt that the dog was aware of something wrong so the boy did not waver his sheep were quiet he was forced to trust that they should not stray if he left them a little while and he hesitated not to follow wolf though he could not so speedily overcome the difficulties of the way as the dog had done whilst margaret was running to the village wolf running after margaret for such he afterwards proved was his purpose and jacques after wolf the fierce man had frightened poor meeta out of all the small discretion which she ever had at command and she told him that she had seen her grandfather put the purse in the great chest above stairs that she did not know whether her uncle had taken the key though perchance little margaret might know 
as she slept with her grandmother she could not have done a more imprudent thing than mention margaret for the woman immediately started like one suddenly reminded of an oversight at the mention of the child's name and ran out instantly to seek her at the same time the man drove meeta before him up the ladder or stairs to where the great old chest which contained all the spare linen and other treasures of the family stood and had stood almost as long as the house had been a house there without waiting the ceremony of looking for the key he wrenched the chest open pulling out every article which it contained opening every bundle and scattering everything on the floor telling meeta that if he did not find the purse she should either tell him where it was or suffer his severest vengeance so dreadful were the oaths he used that the poor girl was ready to faint and the whitest linen in that chest was not so white as her cheeks and lips the woman in the meantime was seeking margaret and with the cunning of a gypsy had traced the impression of the little feet to the corner of the garden where a bit of cloth torn from the child's apron showed the place where she had crept through the hedge the gypsy could not creep through the opening as the child had done but she could get over the hedge and this she speedily did and saw the little one before her running with all her might at the noise the woman made at springing from the hedge margaret looked back and set up a shriek and that shriek was probably what first roused wolf who was lying with his ear on the earth now there were four running all at once margaret first the gypsy after her and gaining fast upon her wolf springing over every impediment and gaining ground on the gypsy and jacques after the dog and there was another party too coming to where margaret was the last were coming from the pastor's house and there was a lady seated on madame eversil's mule on a spanish saddle and a little page in a rich livery was leading the mule the pastor was walking immediately behind her with two gentlemen her husband and her son this lady was a countess and she it was who had lost the purse a few weeks before when she had come to see the cascade in going home that day the carriage had been overturned and she had been so much hurt that she never thought of her purse until a few days afterwards and then she supposed it must have been lost where the carriage had been overturned she caused great search to be made about that place and it might have appeared to be quite by accident that monsieur eversil heard of that search but there is nothing which happens in this world by accident he knew the count and countess and wrote to tell them that if they would come again to hartsburg to take dinner in his humble house he would give them good news of the purse when they came he told them of the honesty of the family of the stolbergs and when he had placed the purse in the hands of the countess and she had seen that nothing had been taken out of it the pastor brought the venerable monique and the fair ella before the noble lady and she was as much pleased with one as with the other her mind therefore was full of some plan for rewarding these poor honest people and more especially when monique told her how the least of the family had found the net and the golden fish and the moons i must see that little margaret she said and if she is like her sister 
i shall love her vastly and then it was all settled that the mule should be saddled and that she and the gentleman should go up the hill whilst madame eversil remained to look after dinner the party were also on the hill though lower down and hidden by the winding of the way when margaret set out to run but none of margaret's friends would have been in time to save her if it had not been for wolf the wicked gypsy had resolved if she could catch her to stop her cries one way or another to take her in her arms hold her hand over her mouth and to run with her to some place in the hills not far off some cave or hole known only to herself and her own people and if the poor child had once been brought there she would never have been suffered to go free again among her friends to tell where the zingari hole was when margaret knew that the woman was after her she increased her speed but all in vain the gypsy came on like the giant of the seven-leagued boots she caught the terrified child in her arms put a corner of her ragged cloak into her mouth and turning out of the path down into a hollow of the hills hoped to be clear in a minute more but she was not to have that minute wolf was behind he had flown with the swiftness of the wild heart and when within leaping distance of the old woman he sprang upon her and caused his fangs to meet in her leg she uttered a cry and tried to shake him off but he only let go in one place to seize another so she was forced to drop the struggling child in order to defend herself from the dog for she expected next that he would fly at her throat it was a fearful battle that between the hard gypsy and the enraged dog the howlings and bayings of the furious animal were terrible his fangs were red with the gypsy's blood the woman in her fear and pain uttered the most horrid words whilst little margaret shrieked with terror though the battle hardly lasted two minutes it gave time for jacques to come in sight of it on one side the pastor the count and his son at another jacques did not understand the cause of this terrible war he only saw that his dog was tearing the flesh of a woman he did not at first see margaret who had sunk in terror on the grass therefore he called off his dog with a voice of authority and the moment wolf had loosed his hold of the woman she fled from the place and was never more seen in that country but now all this party had met round margaret looking all amazement at each other whilst the little one sat sobbing on the ground and wolf stood anxiously at his young master panting from his late exertions and licking his bloody fangs for there was no one to explain anything but the child tis all this jacques asked the pastor what is it margaret said jack taking his little sister in his arms and soothing her as he well knew how to do whilst she clinging close to him could not at first find one word to say jacques carried the child and they all went back into the path where the countess sat anxiously waiting for them on her mule all that margaret could say to be understood was run run to poor meeta they will kill her the man will kill her and wolf is not there jacques repeated her words to the pastor i have it jacques replied the good man these vagrants are after the treasure maybe there are others in the cottage put the child down my boy leave her to walk by the lady and let us all run forward 
nay nay said the lady put the sweet child in my arms and hasten on so it was done and the gentle lady took the little peasant before her while she soothed her with her gentle tones and kindly words and what said she was that naughty woman going to do with you and who was it that saved you good wolf came madame said the child and he saved me but poor meeta they will kill poor meeta when jacques and those who were with him had reached the cottage they found the doors all open but no one below they went up the stairs and there they found meeta extended on the floor in a deep fainting fit the chest stood open and all its contents scattered about but no man was there he had probably taken alarm at the various cries and howlings which he had heard and had made good his escape meeta was lifted up and laid on the bed and water being dashed in her face she opened her eyes but for a while could say nothing to be understood she was soon able to rise and to come down the stairs with the arm of the pastor though her head was still dizzy and she trembled all over in the kitchen they found the lady and little margaret and it was then that between meeta and margaret they were able to make out what had happened then it was that every one patted the head of wolf and smiled upon him calling him good dog and margaret kissed him and he wagged his tail and went about to be caressed and so said the countess to the little one it was you my pretty child who found the silken net with the golden fish and pretty moons and it was through my carelessness in losing it that all this mischief of to-day is come i cannot bear to think of what might happen to you poor baby and the lady stooped and kissed the child and it was seen that she had tears in her eyes all is now well lady through the care of providence said the pastor and we will rejoice together and i must be grateful to him from whom all mercies flow for if we had lost our little margaret it would have been a thousandfold worse than the loss of the purse but one thing puzzles me how did these vagrants discover that this treasure had been found who could have told it i thought it had been known only to this family and me i am the guilty person said meeta coming forward i will not throw suspicion on others by hiding my fault and she then repeated her conversation with heister camp but she could give no account of how the secret had passed on to the gipsies i am sure said the pastor that heister would be above having to do with such people but she is a woman of excessive curiosity and such people are dangerous to others as well as injurious to themselves a secret my good girl said the countess smiling may be compared to a bird in a cage whilst shut up within our own breasts it is safe but when we open the door either of the cage or of the heart to let the inmate out we can never tell whither it may fly but you have owned the truth and you have suffered severely let all be forgotten i have a proposal to make said the pastor we will go back and dine and in the evening we will all come up and sup together the good man shall find us feasting when he comes home agreed cried the count and countess you must set the house in order and we will send up the entertainment she added speaking to meeta and jack and we will be with you in a few hours let us then see this little fair one in all the bravery of her sunday attire so all was done as the lady and pastor wished meeta set everything in proper order 
jacques brought his flocks from the pastor and gave his best help all the sunday dresses were put on and margaret was standing at the wicket in her very best apron and the mule and the lady appeared again followed by the pastor and monique ella and people without number bearing the things needful for such a supper as had not often been enjoyed under that roof oh what a happy meeting was that how delighted was the lady with margaret and what a beautiful little enamelled box for containing sweetmeats did she give her from her pocket but there were no sweetmeats in it they were what margaret called golden fish wolf had a glorious evening he went out again to be patted for he had as much to eat for once in his life as he could conveniently swallow meeta was forgiven by every one because she had not hidden her fault and the whole party were just sitting down to supper before the porch when martin stolberg came home who shall say how astonished he was or how grateful when the countess placed in his hand all the gold which had been found in the purse the count adding that in a few days he might look for a fine young cow and two sheep from his own farm in the vicinity of his castle and also saying at the same time that he and his lady should have great pleasure in doing anything for him and his family at any time when they might apply to them the lady did not overlook meeta and ella she assured them that she would remember them when the cow was brought and truly there was an ample store of linen and flowered aprons and kerchins and caps of fine linen in packets directed to each but the little one like benjamin had more than her share even of these presents also and she had well deserved them for she had shared her golden fish with her brother sister and cousin the young count took upon himself to make presents to jacques he sent him a strong set of gardeners and carpenters tools and a sunday suit of better clothes than jacques had ever worn before martin put his gold into the pastor's hands till he should require it being in no mind to keep such treasure in his house it is only necessary to add that the count took proper steps for finding the wicked gypsy and her son but they had left the country and could not be found neither were they ever again seen by the peasants of the hartsburg well said henry when emily had finished reading that is a beautiful book it made me so hot when they were all running my feet felt as if they would run too they quite shook i could not keep them quiet and how nicely you kept papa's secret said mrs fairchild you showed that you were not much more clever than meeta but then mamma replied henry papa's secret was not of so much consequence as meeta's was now mamma said emily when do you think the day will come for henry's story mrs fairchild answered papa will tell us when he can spare an evening my book i am certain said henry will be prettier than yours emily why must it be prettier asked his mother because lucy said it is all about boys i like boys stories there are so few books about boys but i think it is a grave story said lucy never mind answered henry if it be about boys end of section 29